Hey there, I'm Emlyn Miles Mattingly, your host for the Minority Money Podcast. I'm glad you're here. You know why? Because this is the place you can come to get your weekly finance, family, and fitness motivation, not only to experience success in those areas for yourself, but also to help others in our community achieve greatness too. Super happy that you're on the show with me. So let's jump right in. Welcome back to the Minority Money Podcast. I am your host, Emlyn Miles Mattingly, where we are changing the complexion of wealth. And today we're going to talk about the value of an advisor. A lot of times I get asked a question by people if they need a financial advisor or not, or when do you need a financial advisor? What happens? And today I want to talk to you a little bit about what things financial advisor does that bring value to you. And there's four things that I want to touch on today. I want to talk about the behavioral side of the financial advisor. I want to talk about the customized client experience. I want to talk about taxes and I want to talk about your rebalancing and that you need to do if you're investing. But the first thing I wanted to talk about was definitely the value of advice. And the value of advice starts with the behavioral coaching piece. If you think about the behavioral coaching, and when I talk about behavioral coaching, let's take a step back. Because when I think people hear that, they probably think of behavior as it pertains to investments. And that's part of it, but that's not all of it. I think that a small part of what we do as people is we do have investments. But I think the behaviors on the day-to-day things make a larger impact on what's going on. So when I think about like your day-to-day stuff, people don't like the word budget, right? Budget's like a bad word. It's like cuss word. But what I like to say instead of budgeting is conscious spending. Shout out to Ramit Seti. I know he doesn't listen to the podcast, but I've gotten a lot of good stuff from Ramit. And he has some stuff called conscious spending. And when I'm thinking about behavior, right, a lot of times what we do is let's just take the behaviors that we have on a monthly basis, because that's where you really get the biggest change to take place is, is in the daily behaviors you have. So whatever it is that you're doing, whether you have a daily habit of checking account balance every day, whether you have a habit of saving, whatever it is, whatever behavior that you're going through, when you have these behaviors, it's very important to understand how you make decisions about your money. And when it comes down to the behavior, like let's talk about the behavior of saving. When we go into this, the behavior of saving is just that. Like it's something that you would want to do on a systematic way, a systematic purpose. And it's just not about making the right investment choices. I think the day-to-day stuff is going to make more of an impact. And this is why. So do you understand your cash flow? How are you dictating your cash flow on a monthly basis? That's a behavior. That's something that you can be coached through. Where are you spending your money? Where are you spending your time? Is your time and your money aligned with your values? These are all things that are behavior-based things that you can change just by making changes in your behavior. If you're saying that it's important to you to invest in your future, then yes, we need to probably use some investments. But if you're saying it's important for you to spend more time with your family and that's a behavior that you want to change, and that's something that you also can talk to your advisor about. So the behavioral coaching has a lot of stuff especially during times of significant change. When we talk about the investment choices that you're making, let's talk about the ability to stay invested in a volatile time. And that's one of the biggest things that we see from the advisors talking to their clients. Now, you think about it this way. When it comes to investments and it comes to volatile markets, there's always a tendency to want to get out of the market. And I won't even just say get out of the market. It's always our first instinct to want to stop the pain. And so the pain of a loss is never going to be replaced by the excitement of a gain. I don't care how much money you make in the market. You could have got 40% last year, which no one got 40%, but you could have got 40% last year. And the next year you get negative 15, 
the pain from that negative 15 is going to outweigh the joy from the positive 40. Now, let me explain this to you. That is okay. There's nothing wrong with that. Now, the behavior that ensues after those two different things happen, right? Up 40, down 15 is the part that you can actually control. Now, understand this. You can make some differences in the way that you invest your money to mitigate some of the risk, but there's going to be risk nonetheless. And what the way that you respond to that risk is what we try to help you as advisors do. We try to help you with the behaviors that can keep you invested, the behaviors that keep you on track for the plan that you have, to keep you on track for the goals that you want to attain. And I think that having that person in a behavioral capacity, helping you make the right decisions on time. One of the things we talked about with one of my clients was this was not necessarily a behavior thing, but it was through the conversation of a behavior that we were talking to. We went through the possibility of them refinancing their house. Through that refinance, we went from 30 to 20 years. The payment didn't change too much. Now, this is before the interest rate went up. So this is earlier last year. But we were able to save this client. It was about $50,000 through something that we could just change a behavior of. And that change of behavior led to a $50,000 savings. It was huge for them. And I think that just having that behavioral time to speak to an advisor made a $50,000 difference in this client's personal situation. The next thing that we talk about, so first is behavioral coaching, right? And it's the simple way, one of the great books, I'll give you a reference for a book that I think would help with behavioral stuff. It's called The Behavior Gap. And this is by, shout out to Carl Richards, one of my good friends and an awesome, incredible human being, just a great person and was a great advisor and has some incredible resources. One of my favorite resources, uh, his book called The Behavior Gap. The subtitle of that book says, The Simple Ways to Stop Doing Dumb Things with Money. And I think about this, like, let's just think about this, like Warren Buffett always says something like, he always talks about this. I can't remember the quote exactly, because as soon as you turn the microphone on, you can't remember what you were thinking. But what I was going to say is he says something around the fact of when everyone is selling, that is the time that you should be buying. And when everyone is buying, that should be the time that you sell. So basically do the opposite of what everybody else is doing. And when you see these volatile times and people are trying to get out of the market, Warren Buffett is saying, do not do what they're doing. Do the opposite of what they're doing. And I think that's one of the simple ways to stop doing silly things with your money because common practice isn't always common sense, right? Common sense and common practice are two different things. And so I would definitely say the behavior gap is a great way for you to begin to stop doing silly things with your money. And I think one of the things that I always see people, whether or not you should take a 401k loan, okay? Let's talk about that. This is a behavior, right? We have people, if you're working for someone, then you have a retirement plan you can actually withdraw money from your 401k. Now, is that a good thing? I'm not going to say it's a good or a bad thing. Obviously, if you're saving for retirement, you don't want to interrupt those savings for retirement by doing other things. So what I would say is, is it a good idea? It just depends. I don't recommend that people do this unless it is a very specific situation that they need something in. Most of the time, it's probably not a good idea. Because what you're going to do is you're going to forego things that are going to happen later. This is your retirement for things that are happening now. Now, you know your own personal situation. I don't. Now, I'm not saying that there is no reason that you should ever take money out of your 401k. I think there's some reasons. If you're out there and you're trying to purchase a first home and first time home buyer and you can pull money out of your 401k without doing the loan, then absolutely. But if you end up in a situation where pulling out a loan is the only way that you can do something, then I want you to understand this. Under take into account into your cash flow, how much that loan payback is going to be. 
Take that into account. Take back, take into account the years that you're going to have that. Those are two things that I want you to look at on the behavioral side. If you ever find yourself in a situation where you have to take a loan. The other thing that I want to talk about is rebalancing your stuff. So the first thing was behavioral coaching. The second thing is rebalancing. So rebalancing is, I don't want to get super technical on here, but rebalancing is this. So let's just say you have a 60-40 portfolio. When we say 60-40, that means 60% equities, 40% bonds. And what we're going to do there is that's just kind of like a middle of the road balanced account. You've probably heard of the 60-40 mix. So what that means is that you have 60% equities. So in a time where equities are performing better than bonds, which is we've seen times like that, What's going to happen is the allocation that you have between the 60% and the 40%, typically if the 60% is going, if it's going to have an up market and a bull market where things are going up, that portion of your portfolio will grow, meaning that you won't stay at 60%. Now you can get to 70%, then you can get to 80%. A couple of years in, not five, 10 years, no rebalancing, you can find yourself at an 80-20. Now, the difference between an 80-20 and a 60-40 is the risk tolerance. If you have a risk tolerance number, like if you don't have a risk number, if you don't know where your risk number is, that's something that you want to talk to your advisor about. But finding out what your appetite for risk is, is going to keep you invested the way that you want to be invested. Let me give you an example. So let's take back, let's say we have a market, I'm not going to use years or anything. Let's just say we have a market where things are going well. Let's just say we have a bull run. Let's say we have 60-40 when we start, five years later, you're in 80-20. At that fifth year of having that portfolio, now we have some market turmoil. And because you are out of balance from where you normally were, the pain from this loss is going to be greater than what your appetite for risk is. And this happens when you don't review your investments periodically. This is something that I think rebalancing should happen at least once a year. If your advisor is not doing that for you and or if you're investing your money on your own, then that's something that you want to take into consideration. Make sure that you're rebalancing your accounts, especially right after something like this has happened with the market volatility. This is a great time for you to go back, look at your risk tolerance, reassess how risky you want to be, and take the time to understand your appetite for risk. That's all I can say on that because I think that the lack of rebalancing leads to a lot of losses. Sometimes it can lead to some very uncomfortable times looking at your portfolio, looking at your investments, if you haven't taken the time to do the rebalancing. The other thing that I wanted to talk about with in regards to the value of an advisor is when you think about not only the behavioral coaching piece, of course, but the act of rebalancing. And then the other thing that I think about is the customized client experience. When I say customized, like if you have a niche and you're working with a certain type of person, you understand how and what that person needs to do. Like I know some people that work with people in tech. I know some people that work with people that have restricted stock units. I know some people that work with just women or people that work with all kinds of different people. For us here with Gen X Wealth, we work with first generation six-figure income earners. What we can do with that is we can make customized client experiences for that group of people because we understand what things are coming up in your life because we've worked with a lot of people that are like you. And so what we do there or what advisors should be doing when you're meeting with them is they should be listening to you. And when they're listening to you, this is how you can create the customized experience. If they're not listening, then they can't hear what you're saying to make the experience customized for you as advisors should be listening. And it's more than just about what we invest in, listening to what's going on in the family, listening and including other family members into the conversation so they can understand their own financial situation. If you have family that's out of the country and you have to send money back to them, the advisor should understand that. The advisor needs to know that. 
if you have something that's some special family situation, you take trips back to a country that you're from or every two years or whatever it is, if you're paying tithe, right? There's some people that pay tithe and tithe the 10% of your income. That's okay. And I think having those conversations with someone else about your finances help you get that customized client experience that you want. So number one, like I said, it's going to be the value, the behavioral financial coaching. It's going to be the rebalancing of your investments. It's going to be that customized client experience. And then I'll touch on this last one, which I think is very, very important. That's taxes, taxes, and more taxes. So if you're looking at this, and I'm going to talk to it from a retirement place, when you're in retirement, a lot of people, we talked about a 401ks or retirement accounts last week. We talked a lot about that. Now, when you're in those retirement accounts, you're doing all of that on a tax deferred basis. Unless you have a Roth element in yours, if you have a Roth 401k or just a Roth IRA, then, then obviously that's going to be tax a different. You've already paid the taxes on that, so there'll be no taxes on distribution. Now, in your accumulation phase, all we're worrying about, this is while you're building that nest egg that you're going to need to use later, all you're worried about on that is just picking the right investments and sticking to the strategy, right? So all we're trying to do is build as much money as we can. Once we get to the distribution place, because all we've done is deferred these taxes out. We've kept it deferring it, deferring it, deferring it, meaning that every time you put money into your 401k or your retirement vehicle that you have at your employer, every time you put money into that, you are getting your taxes deferred, meaning that whatever money you put in there, you don't have to pay taxes on until you take it out. This is why it's important in the distribution phase of your retirement you have to understand how these taxes are going to impact you. So there's a few elements that you want to know about when you're in distribution. Definitely want to understand when you're taking your Social Security and how that impacts you. If you're taking Social Security at 62, if you're taking Social Security at 70 and any age in between, 62, 65, 67, any of those ages in between, when you take that, you have to understand how your income is going to work at that point in time. Because there is some penalties that can be given to you because you're taking your income if you decide to take Social Security before your full retirement age. And so what I want you to understand is that you are going to be leaving out of your employer and losing a lot of the write-offs that you have, right? So you get to write off, there's some things you get to write off your medical expenses, you get to write off all the stuff that you pay during the year, you're paying your federal taxes out of your check every month. So when that stops, guess who has to pay those taxes? You do. When that stops and your employer doesn't have health insurance for you, guess who has to pay for that health insurance? You do. So there's some things that you want to make sure that you understand on the taxes and on the health insurance as you're going through this, because things are going to change. And so all I'm saying is, if you're thinking about a place where you're at and you're saying, you know what, I don't know if I need an advisor. Well, if you're thinking about things and you feel like you could have some behavioral coaching would benefit you, you probably want to talk to an advisor. If you're looking at a place where you're saying, you know what, I wish I had a customized experience about around my family and myself about what we're trying to accomplish in our goals, financially speaking, then you probably need an advisor. If you're worried about taxes in retirement, prior to retirement, then you probably would want to work with an advisor. And the reason why I'm saying all of this is because when it comes to certain things, if you're not mechanically inclined and something goes wrong with your vehicle, you're not trying to get under that vehicle or get into that vehicle and learn everything that you need to know on how to fix it. You hire a mechanic, they take care of it for you. If you're having trouble with taxes, you hire a tax professional and they help you take care of it. If you are looking at your finances and you're finding yourself in a situation where you're not happy, then maybe it's time to get help. Maybe it's time to reconsider what you're doing. They say it's insanity to try to do the same thing over and over and expect different results. So today, if you're looking at this and you're listening to this and you think that you may need an advisor, 
then it's time to start searching. There's advisors all over the place. We would love to have a chance to work with you here at Gen Next Wealth, but we will let you make your own decisions about who you work with. I think that it's something I've seen people do and I've seen people benefit from a lot, whether they're working with me or working with someone else. I think it's very, very important. So that was it. I just wanted to get this out to you. I want to recap the four things that I think you should look for when you're looking for an advisor and why the advice that you get from an advisor is so valuable. The first thing, behavioral coaching, understanding how to be coached or understanding that you need help in your behavior, financially speaking, having a customized client experience, taking care of taxes and rebalancing. Those are the four things that I think are going to be key to anyone that's looking for a financial advisor. There's multiple things beyond that, but those are things that I think when you're first starting out, that's what you're going to be looking for. As you know, this is the Minority Money Podcast. I am your host, Emlyn Miles Mattingly. Until next time, we are changing the complexion of wealth. Another great showdown, but it doesn't have to stop there. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast on whatever podcast app you're listening on now and give it a good rating, would you? If you feel really connected to the podcast, which I hope you do, find our Facebook community, Minority Money VIP, to support and be supported by others just like you. And again, we're glad to have you. While this podcast is meant to inspire and motivate you to live your best life, it can't be your complete one-stop shop. I know, I know, that really sucks. But I don't know anything about your specific situation. So please reach out to an attorney or CPA, or you can reach out to me, a financial planner, to help you with your specific situation. To get a hold of us, please reach us at fan at Minority Money Podcast. That's F-A-N at Minority Money Podcast, so we can get to know you there. Thanks for being here and until next time.